You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You, you feel this this nervousness on the phone there? Sir, I've been trying to make an urgent phone call up there. Well, I don't think it's something I want to do on an overseas phone. You got to make some phone calls. Hang up the phone. Prank caller. Prank caller. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome once again to the Packernet After Dark podcast. This is the call-in show of the Packernet podcast network. Thank you so much for tuning in, for joining me, for partying with me. For for just being you. You know what I mean? You're just freaking awesome. Um, if you'd like to call in, 608-501-0718 is the phone number. New callers go directly to the front of the line. It's an important thing at this point, considering the line is so long. And hilariously, the most recent call, which is 35th in line, gets to go first today because it's a new caller. So uh, maybe just use a burner phone if you really want to get through or... <laughs> Use something that changes your number around. I don't know. Call me from Google Voice. That's uh, we don't do that. Actually, we don't want you to do that. Also, another little interesting side note that I it, that just occurred to me. So, what I'm doing today is I'm going to record Packernet after dark before I record tomorrow's podcast. It's not usually that way. It's the other way around, but it, it doesn't really matter. But Twitter has got me kind of ticked off a little bit. Sometimes that happens. I'm freaking riled up. Like I'm Pat McAfee's got me pissed half the people on twitter got me pissed i saw another video that i haven't even watched yet that i'm already mad about i didn't even know what the guy said i'm just mad because i know what he's gonna say or at least i have a general idea it doesn't matter so i'm, I'm in a freaking bad mood but here's the thing you guys are probably going to help decide what happens on tomorrow's podcast because if i were to record that right now freaking explosion um but maybe you guys are going to calm me down so that's kind of another interesting little tidbit about this show. Maybe I should do this more often, just <laughs> just to let you guys set the tone for how um, the next day's podcast goes, whether I'm in a really, really good mood and we're just kind of having a good time and, you know, whatever, being goofy and silly and those kinds of things, or if I just scream and rant and pound my fist a lot. The power is yours. The power is yours. I can't believe I wasted so much of my life watching that show. I used to love Captain Planet. I don't know why. I, get, I think I like the idea behind it. You know, they all got each of their powerful rings or whatever, and then you can put them together, and some creepy hippie comes flying out of the clouds. I don't exactly remember how the show works, but that's my understanding of, of how it went. Um, but yeah, I digged it. You know, it's cool. It's a cool show. 
Captain Planet. I should do some... Uh, <laughs> Never mind. Let's get to our first caller. What's going on, man? Hey, Ryan. Chris from Wausau. Hey, Love Chris from Wausau. First time caller. Hey, I'm calling about Josiah DeGuara. Let's do this. You mentioned that tight ends take about three years to develop, and I thought last year he showed that physically he's probably recovered from the knee injury. There was uh, one game where they threw him the ball, and then you know, I was like, hey, he's got a little bit of burst. Didn't look too bad. So the question is, what is he as a player? Yeah. I mean, when he got drafted, they said he was going to be like Kittle or, I don't know, someone from the 49ers. Ustrek or whatever that guy's name is. Is he just a glorified fullback or blocking tight end? I mean, it's not like he isn't on the field. You see him out there all the time. So where do you see him uh, going forward? I like to think that if he was a receiving tight end, they probably would have thrown the ball, but it is the Packers, and – it's like at this point, the way they use tight ends, we should just throw throw a tackle out there. So, hey, thanks yeah. a lot. Love the show. Take care. I appreciate that. Um, so, if you've listened for a while, you know I'm a big fan of DeGuara. Um, I, I, let, let me put the most positive spin on this I can. As far as Packers third-round picks go, put this guy in the freaking Hall of Fame. Okay? Um, <laughs> with that said... I personally liked what I saw. It was, you know, once in a while there, there's these players where it seems like every time you see them, you like what you see and they just never put them on the field. And it's like, why don't you play them more? It's a little bit like that with uh, Devontae Wyatt last year when he started to see, you started to see like when he was out there, it seemed like he was starting to make an impact, but he wasn't out there very much. And, you know, Christian Watson, you know, we just wanted to see more Watson. They just didn't put him out there very much in the beginning of the season. Um, DeGuara... To me, I, I, I love when he's coming across the formation. I think he does a fantastic job coming across. The, it's not an easy thing to do, to come running full speed and try to square up and, and hit somebody and block them and, and get the angles right and all that stuff. I thought he did a good job of that. I thought he did a good job as a receiver. Um, again, he's not really like a downfield th threat type, but um, he's just a slippery kind of guy that's going to run those out-of-the-backfield routes where you throw the five-yard pass and they try to get a little bit more. It's more about deception. He's a decoy and all that kind of stuff. I liked it. Now, if I'm going to be non-biased here and I was just doing sort of a normal assessment and I didn't have this weird affinity for Josiah DeGuara, I would probably tell you that for these three years here, his PFF grades have been 56, 55, and 57. He has been wildly consistent in his inability to even be average. Um, also probably point out the fact that the reason maybe they didn't play him a ton is because they didn't want him on the field. And considering the lack of talent with guys like Robert Tunyon and, um, you know, Mercedes isn't really much of a receiving threat. He, he's a good blocker and all that, but there was plenty, there's plenty of opportunity last year, the year before that, pretty much forever. If you're an elite tight end, um, you're going to jump right to the front of the line. And he certainly hasn't proved to be that the last two years, his blocking grades. And, and you got to understand, the first year he only played 31 snaps, but the last two years he's played somewhat significant snaps. His pass blocking grades have been 35 and 34, which is pretty putrid. Um, his run blocking grade was a 70 in 2021. That dropped to a 48. If we look at this year, he had four good games. Week one against Minnesota, he had an 80 overall grade. Weeks five and six, he had a 74 and 82 grade. And then week 12, he had a 75 grade. After that, his only other grade that wasn't below average 
was against Minnesota 61. Otherwise, it was 58, 56, 55, 54, 54, 54, 54, 51, 50, 50, 42, 41. Very consistent in his ability to grade out as about a 55. Now, the only other thing is with PFF, you're, you're pretty much always a 60 unless you do something. Right? If you're just out there and you don't do anything, you're a 60. So the fact that he's almost always about a 60, it's a little below, but um, and it's also hard for him to get the really good grades because part of that has to do with, you know, the the bigger stuff, the touchdowns, the 40-yard receptions, which he just doesn't do. So, you know, aside from making up all the excuses for why we should think higher of him, um, I, I think if an opportunity came to replace him or to upgrade that sort of receiver, I think the Packers should do it, as much as it breaks my heart to have to say that. Um, if there is that Josiah DeGuara style player, which by the way, he's not the first guy that's going to get replaced. The first guy you're going to go out and get is the Robert Tunyon guy, right? It's, it's that guy you're going to put in the slot 50% of the time. That's what everybody wants. After that, you're maybe, maybe looking at the Josiah DeGuara H back kind of guy. Um, I would generally think third on that list would be your Mercedes Lewis, but with Matt LaFleur, who really knows? I don't know, but, um, yeah, I listen. I like Deguara. I don't. I don't think it's going to be a thing just based on this. But we'll see. Also, as we get into this new offense, um, I think this. You know, he he similar to Love. He he's sort of one of those guys that's just a good fit for the scheme based on what he does. Being a good player is a separate thing. But um, maybe if his utilization is higher, especially if we don't bring in a ton of new guys, even if you draft somebody, Josiah is still going to be pretty much the top guy. So. Um, I think he'll get one more real genuine opportunity to uh, prove that he can do this job at a high level and, and consistently and get a lot of opportunities. And, you know, if he can do it, he can do it. If he can't, he can't, I guess. But I'm rooting for him. But anyways, thanks again for the call. It was one of those Omar five. Omar. Uh, I, I was calling because I wanted to ask Packer fans, uh, fellow Packer fans and you, on if, uh, which, which is, what is better? Is it better to win Super Bowls and then suck for like 10, 15 years? No. And then maybe win another Super Bowl and then suck for like 20 years but then win another Super Bowl? Or is it better to like be good like for 50 years but you only win one or only win two but yeah. you're like good like all the time? Because I've asked one of my friends who's a Blue the Bears fan this question. You know, they suck forever. They right. only got that one from the 80s. Um, you know, so it's like, it's like to him, he's like, Hey man, I, I rather be good. Right. You know, but then it's, it sucks to us. I'm well, I'm saying to me, at least it sucks that we're not winning. Like we keep getting there and not winning. So it's like, uh, you know, first like the Ravens, you know, they won one, two, a 2000, I think some of that. And then they suck for a long time, and they won one again. Then they suck, you know. So it's kind of like I feel like that's a little better. Like right now, the Bucks suck; they won, but they got it, you yeah. know. And I just really want to stop being tied with the, the Cowboys because that's really I hate them. That's, that's it gets on my nerves. Right. Um, and even though we have the most championships, everybody keeps going, "Oh, we on Super Bowls, and Super Bowls are all that matter," you know. So it just sucks for us to have what we got. It's like I want to at least be like at five, you know. The Steelers did a great job, you know, um, with what, the six or seven. But, 
I just want to know what is your opinion? Which do you think is better? Is it better to have like, you know, be good every year with a chance? So is it better to be like guaranteed if you give up all this stuff, you'll win, but you're going to suck for like 15 years, which would be better. Yeah. So I'm, I'm, and, and I, I actually think this is an unpopular take. I'll have to do like a poll or something at some point and see, but, um, Especially among Packer fans, it seems like the, the the desire is more championships, which I guess makes sense because we've we've had the wins, now we want the champ you know. And like you said, other teams are pulling away and, and we're losing that edge on being this elite franchise. It's kinda like, yeah, yeah, you know, you, you, you got history, congratulations. Um I I would rather have I would rather just be a good team. And and if you think about it, even the way you phrased it where it's like, you know, um you're um what was that? You're good for you know 15 years, and then you, or you you suck for 15 years, and then you win one, then you suck for 15 years, and then you win one. That's pretty much what we did, aside from the sucking part. So it's kind of funny, even if you think about it from the other standpoint. Like, would you rather have it where you're bad, and then you occasionally just like pop out of nowhere, it's like boom, but then you have to be bad for a long time? How many booms do you think you're going to have over a 30 year period? I mean, can you give me an example of a team that's more than two? I can't think of one. I mean, the Patriots weren't bad. They won a ton. They were good that whole time. The Packers over 30 years won two. I mean, it, it, it's interesting because I, I understand the other philosophy, which is, you know, which would you rather do? But if that was your plan, and let's just say you could execute it and make it work, right? We're just going to shotgun this thing. We're going to go all of our resources all the way in and try to win. And, you know, we're either going to get a Super Bowl. It's, it's moon or bust, right? We're either going to get a Super Bowl or we're not, and we're just going to collapse. But that's fine. We're going to collapse. We're going to tear it all the way down. And then, again, when we get all our money back and we get a bunch of picks because we suck and everything, we're just going to go real hard and try to get it again. How many times do you actually think you're going to win a Super Bowl doing that, though? If it's roughly once every 15 years, you might as well just try to be a good team for a long time and see because you're going to win two in 30 years. And if you think you can do it maybe once every five years, you're going to have a hard time showing me some precedent for that. Plus, I mean, it, it, you know, it, whatever. It's, it's, I'm probably getting too deep into the question, but, you know, it, it, even if you could just snap your fingers, and let's just say, because it can't be once every 15 years, I don't want to say once every five because that's absurd. So, you know, if we could say once every 10 years, but you only are good for that year and then you're bad for the other nine and then you Super Bowl bad for nine, Super Bowl bad for nine, or... You're great for 30 years and you win a Super Bowl every 15 years. Yeah, give me that for sure. The other way to phrase the question, I guess, is if you could snap your fingers, and let's just say we brought Rodgers back, right? Snap your fingers, win a Super Bowl, hallelujah, and then you're bad for 15, 20 years. Would you do that? My answer is no. I, I, I guess I just don't... I, I understand where people are coming from, like the Super Bowl is the only thing that that's the whole point of the game. I get that. But have there ever been times the Packers have lost a game and you cheered for some of those plays? How many times when you watch the Brett Favre highlights, you go back and you see a game with the highlights? And I, I don't know, but I'm guessing on more than one occasion, some of those incredible throws, incredible this, those are losses. Or at the very least, they're seasons in which we didn't win the Super Bowl. So why do we celebrate it? The idea that you can't celebrate a smaller thing because in the larger context, it was bad. You can't celebrate the play because you lost that game. You can't celebrate this season because you didn't win the Super Bowl. I just don't buy that. That's just not how I'm wired, I guess. It's it's a series of things that happen. And it's all good. I mean, I enjoy the offseason. There's no football being played. I enjoy the preseason, and those games don't matter. 
right? We enjoy it. We cheer for it. We like watching the player. Why? It has no bearing on anything. Because we just, it, it's just a series of things that happen that bring you joy. The ultimate peak and pinnacle of that joy is a Super Bowl. But I want to enjoy next season and the season after that and the season after that. And enjoying a season comes down to week one, two, three, four, five, by week six, seven, you know, or seven, eight, nine, whatever. I just, I just enjoy, you know, everything that comes along with football. You know, when I think, I say I'm not romantic about football, but that's not entirely true. You know, again, you think about it, the, the, the slight chill in the air and the leaves start falling. You're thinking about grilling out and, you know, hanging out with family and friends and all these just amazing things that go along with football. And it's just much more enjoyable when your team's winning. And I want that, you know? And if you told me that you weren't going to win the Super Bowl this year, I mean, I'd be disappointed, but it's like, whatever. And then you just go on enjoying the season. I wouldn't just turn off the, the TV and just be like, well, I guess I'm not watching because the whole point. And I've made that case before, too. People who are like, well, the only thing that matters is the Super Bowl. Then why do you get so whipped up about week one games, watching your team play? It's not the Super Bowl. And don't even lie and tell me it's because it means that much in terms of your ability to win the Super Bowl. No, it doesn't. Just admit that you like watching football because you like it. And I think people just say that because they want to win arguments, especially people that want to trash the GM. They love that argument, even though they don't believe it. They, they're lying when they say that the Super Bowl is the only thing that matters. But they want to say that because it strips you of all power. If you want to lay out how great the football team, how loaded with talent it is and everything else, none of it matters because I have declared the only thing that matters is the Super Bowl. You didn't win a Super Bowl, therefore the team is actually bad and the GM is actually terrible. It's just a cheap, lazy way of trying to win arguments. But I, I just, I genuinely don't think a lot of people actually believe that. And again, you can witness it by the way that they react all the way through the season. You know, if it's Packers-Bears week one, do you know how massive that's going to be? Justin Fields against Jordan Love week one, prime time, you know, call it Monday Night Football week one. Do you know how many people are going to watch that? Why? The level of excitement, the level of everything that comes along with that, the joy and jubilation if you win. Why? You didn't win the Super Bowl. It's one game. Because not everything is tied to the Super Bowl, and people that say that it is are lying. I know I'm getting still a little bit away from your main point, but I think it's because of that, from a larger context, the Super Bowl is, I don't even want to say it's secondary, it's just, it is one thing in a long pile of things that can bring you joy in your life, and specifically in, in football, is the Super Bowl. And if you get there and you win it, oh, it's it's the it's the best feeling that you can have, right? It's the ultimate prize. But you know, it's kind of like going on. Uh, I don't know who wants to be a millionaire. You know, you, you start off, you win a little bit of money, and then you win more, and then you win more, and then you win more. Well, if you end up walking away with a half a million dollars, you didn't win the million. And people can berate you because, well, it's who wants to be a millionaire, not who wants to be a half a millionaire. <laughs> Bro, I won a half a million dollars. That was a great experience, and I collected a lot of money at each level, each layer. More money, more money, more money, more money. That's what it's like to lose the NFC Championship game. It's when you walk off with a half a million dollars from who wants to be a millionaire. And people want to shame you because you didn't get the million. Dude, you didn't get $200, you freaking moron. You failed on the first question. We got a half milli, bro. I'm not crying about it. Hey, Ryan. The thing I hate most, I know I've had a lot of opinions on this Roger stuff already, but the thing I hate most about this whole thing is that Rogers came out and he heard the Packers were shopping him. So clearly they didn't want him anymore, so now I'm going to play and, you know, stick to him. But, like, what is this middle school nonsense? Like, I, I don't understand. Pick up the phone, no. call the Packers, and be like, hey, there's these reports out. You know what? 
where do you guys stand? And you know what? Maybe they'll tell you we want to, hey, look, we really, we think it's time to go with the level we want to trade you. But you know what? Like, why don't we be adults and have a conversation? I just, like you were saying, the telephone game, like, I don't understand all this hearsay being, like, what you base decision, decisions on. Like, right. call Matt LaFour, call Brian, call Mark, call, you have all their numbers, call somebody. Like, it's just, I, it amazes me how much, in the, and it, this is not exclusive to Rodgers. Right. You know, it, but it amazes me in this NFL world, like, why can't people just have a conversation? Why can't you just call them up and have a conversation? It blows my mind. But, anyway, go back here. Yeah, and you're right about the middle school thing. I mean, that's what it feels like. You know, you heard rumors, and then you got mad, and then it's, you know, it's just like this this toxic middle school girl thing. You know, it's always about rumors and gossip and all this stuff. Everything's behind everybody's back. And, again, I, I, I don't... I don't know all the details. I can't. I don't know everything. I don't know what Rogers heard. But the point is, it doesn't matter. That's the whole problem. It's not about what you heard. It's about what you know. Or in the words of Denzel, it's not what you know. It's what you can prove, which still applies. So you, you've known this whole time. The Packers seem cold toward you, right? Seems like they want to move on. But what they've said is that despite you can, despite the fact that you can tell they want to move on, they're apparently allowing you to come back. Right? This is my understanding. You can come back, you know, but there's contingencies. She's so like, all right, yeah, whatever. I'm not sure I'm a big fan of that. I'm going to head out, and I'll talk to you later. That was his darkness retreat. Comes out, you know, He wants to retire, right? That's, that's his big thing. Um, then he comes out, and he's like, let's see what's going on out here. Checks his phone. A bunch of people are telling him, hey, the Packers are, are talking to other teams, which, again, shouldn't be surprising. I don't know why that would be a shock to anybody. A GM doing basic due diligence seems like baseline minimum requirements from the guy. I don't understand why Packers players and Packers fans seem to get mad at the GM for doing the right things. Like, oh, he's trying to get the most compensation. Ugh, he's doing due diligence. He's talking to other teams. Like, what kind of a GM do you want? They want a GM like I want a president. I want somebody that just watches TV and doesn't do anything. I want all our politicians to just watch Netflix all the time. Like, what are you doing to fix this? Nothing. You figure it out. Oh, all right, fair enough. <laughs> hey, can you sign this executive order to take a bunch of power away from everybody? No, I'm, I'm too busy doing nothing. Okay, fair enough. Apparently that's what we want from a GM, too. You want him? All right, fine. What do you want to give me? Yeah, that's fine. Hey, have you called any teams? No. Do you want to get some information, see what's going on out there? No. Same thing with, like, you know, we know he's in on every conversation, right, quote-unquote. So then we hear these rumors that the Packers are interested because they called, and then some other team gets him, and it's like, oh, once again, Brian Gutekunst loses. He didn't lose anything, dude. He was calling. He was making phone calls. And also, he sets baselines and says, this is the price, and he doesn't budge. The dude doesn't ever budge. And if the price goes too high, he's not going to get him. Again, what kind of a GM do you want? Like, I don't care what the price is. I'll pay any price. Like, you just want the most flippant, irresponsible, yet lazy GM in the world. I, I just, I'm confused if you're trying to build the perfect GM, what that would look like, because it looks to me like a complete freaking disaster. Honestly, it kind of lines up a lot with what people are saying about wanting an owner, because it sounds a lot like an owner. I got a bunch of money. I don't really know what to do with it. I want to just swing it around wildly and just kind of do crazy stuff and, and nothing that really makes sense or is, you know, systematic. It's just kind of wildly swinging around nonsense. But again, it's just, and then, yeah, like you said, not rather than picking up the phone and being like, look, I was contemplating coming back, 
but now I'm hearing rumors that you're trying to push me out the door. Like, what's up with that? And then you know what they would say is, we're not pushing you out the door. We're having conversations, doing basic due diligence. We've told you that you're welcome back. That still stands. Well, I heard rumors from, you know, uh, what's his name, that you think I suck and you want me out the door. Like, well, all right, you want to have this hard conversation? <laughs> Because look, I mean, that, that is the hard truth, and I'm sure they've been kind of beating around the bush. The hard truth is, we don't want you here, but we kind of are restricted in what we're able to do, and we're not going to try to force you out the door, and if you want to force your way back onto the team, we will allow you to. But yes, it is true that we would prefer to go on with love. Now, I don't know exactly how that conversation would go, but again, especially if you're going to get so angry about it, you're going to get really angry and not even have a conversation and just make stuff up like they were trying to force me out? No, they're not, dude. As far as I can tell, even from what Rogers said, I mean, even, you know, I'm not even saying, well, Rogers is lying, here's what I think. No, based on what Rogers said, the story sounds consistent all the way through unless I missed something from the Packers. I haven't heard in, in Rogers' story where he said something changed. I mean, he said the words something changed, but as he described it, it sounds like the exact same situation. They seem like they don't want me here, but the door's open. And then everyone gets mad at Mark Murphy, like, oh, Murphy said he's gone. No, Murphy literally said he's welcome back here as a secondary option, which is the reality that we have all kind of expected. Now, he kind of he showed his cards a little bit and said the quiet part out loud, but that's not a surprise to anybody. Aaron Rodgers has been saying this whole time, it seems like they don't want me here. So yeah, that's, that is the situation. That's the honest situation. And again, from somebody who wants some honest... By the way, little hypocrisy here. And I know Mark Murphy didn't say it to Rogers, but Rogers wants honest communication. And then the first time somebody says anything honestly, he's freaking pissed. You want to know why he didn't get honest communication? I don't think he'd handle it very well. <laughs> just, a, just a guess. I don't know. Is it me, or does this just seem like another trial for Aaron Rodgers to get a new talk host job for a game show called Deal No Deal. <laughs> First we hear Deal. No Deal. Hear it again. Deal. Rodgers, no Deal. Deal. No Deal. I swear. Just freaking do the deal, Rodgers. Do the deal. And Let's just hope we get at least the first so that we can move on and start talking about what we're going to do with that first. Because would this not be the biggest in your face if Goody picks a wide receiver in the first round? I think Rodgers would absolutely <laughs> melt. So here's hoping for Jackson and Jigba in the first round for the first time. In a very, very long time. I'm out. So here's what I'm going to say. I, I was thinking about this today. Um, I'm going to take somewhat of an unpopular take, and I don't think Gutekunst is going to want this. If I was Gut, I would actually prefer next year's picks. Um, in fact, based on that, it would almost be better if we did ride this out to June 1st, and then you kind of save all that money and everything else. But you could do the deal now. Actually, maybe it would be better to do the deal now, because you do it prior to the draft, they're going to give us easily a first-round pick because they're going to downgrade that to basically a second. Um, so in their mind, they're giving us a second. And then we'll eat all the cap. And then next year, we got all that free money. we got to figure out what to do with, with Bakhtiari. That's another question. He's got like $40 million against the cap or something ridiculous. I have no idea what to do with that. But anyways, the biggest reason I'm saying that, it, it, and it should be relatively obvious, but there's a question of Jordan Love. 
right? I'm excited about the guy, but we don't really know. If this team goes to zero and we got Njigba and we're picking at pick like nine or something, I mean, maybe we could get his replacement. Maybe we're like, well, let's do like the Bears are doing and just blame it on not having proper this, that, or the other, and we need a tackle. So we'll get um, Joe Alt out of Notre Dame or something or whoever's available. We'll get, uh, what the heck is this guy? Olumuyiwa Fashanu out of Penn State. You know, we'll, we'll just focus on a tackle. We'll get him more help, and we'll just keep pushing this thing. Listen, if he's terrible, and we have pick nine, and the Jets' first-round pick, and let's say they miss the playoffs so they get picked like 13 again or something, or 15 or something, I don't know. It sure would be nice to be able to package those picks and try to move up. I don't know if we could get to one. I mean, if we're god-awful and we're at pick four or five or something, we could probably package some picks and get up to one, assuming the team at one doesn't want a quarterback. You know, let's say the Texans have the number one overall pick. Well, they're probably going to get a quarterback in this draft, Bryce Young or something, so they don't want it, so then we could trade up with them and get Caleb Williams. I know it's not exciting now, but even now when you think about it, it's like, who, who are you going to get with that pick that's super exciting? I can't, I mean, again, Jigba is cool and all that. There's not a lot of guys I'm doing backflips for. Next year, maybe that will be the case. Maybe there will be some guys that you're doing backflips for. And, and think about it. At the very least, we'll have more clarity. Even if Jordan Love is the guy, you're not going to be mad about two first-round picks. If, he, if he's solid, but the team is struggling in this area or that area, it's like, okay, we can use one pick. You know, we're, we're, we basically almost made the... Uh, the um, the playoffs, we're picking 17 or something. I don't know. Maybe we did make the playoffs. We're picking 24, but we got the Jets pick. You know, you've, you've got guys like Brock Bowers. You know, of all the great tight ends that are in this class, I think Bowers is probably the, the best out of out of anybody. So even now, and I, and I know this usually happens and sometimes gets downgraded, but Caleb Williams is a better quarterback than anybody in this class. Brock Bowers is better than any of the tight ends in this class. Marvin Harrison's probably better than all the wide receivers in this class, although we said that about Njigba until the next year, and then everything fell apart. But as of right now, Joe Alt might be a better tackle than anybody in this class. And again, we'll have more clarity. Everything's kind of a mess right now. I don't know exactly what we're doing. We don't really have a lot of money. I just feel like we'll have more clarity. So if they, wanna cons- if they don't want to give up 13, and that's a big sticking point, I would say, fine, give us a second this year. And I want next year's first, and then we'll throw in some players or something. And they'll look at it as two seconds and a player, which isn't exactly the case. It's a second and a first. But if they want to view it that way, that's perfect. They're like, all right, that's you know, we we save face. We keep pick thirteen, which is going to be able to help us get some somebody for Rogers. Congratulations. We end up getting a first and a second and players, which is which is dope. And again, I don't buy this whole thing. Well, next year's first isn't as good as this year's first. BS. <laughs> You're only saying that because you're being stupid right now. Next year, you're not going to be believing that. And the quarterback class might be pretty stacked. I mean, you don't only only have Caleb Williams, but you got Quinn Ewers, which I don't think he's exactly at the pinnacle that he was expected to be, but I think he's expected to be something special. Is he even eligible? I see him on the list here, but maybe he's a redshirt freshman or something. I don't know. But again, just from from a quarterback standpoint, if it seems like he's not the guy, I really think next year could be a good quarterback class, and I, I don't believe this year is. I think this is kind of a weak class. Not nearly as bad as last year, but it just feels like next year is kind of setting up to be more of a 2020-type season, you know, in terms of quarterbacks. Caleb Williams, Drake May. I think Drake May is really solid. It's weird that I've watched 
probably more 2024 quarterback than 2023. I just don't like this group. But that's where I would be right now, if I'm completely honest. Anyways, why don't we go ahead and take a break. Uh, Thank you, thank you very, very much again to Mr. Luke Holm, but also Joyce Goose. Hope I'm saying that right. We got another goose in the house. It's a lady goose. Goose? Oh, wait, goose is married. Never mind. Maybe that is your wife. I don't know. I don't know what's going on. But I really do appreciate it. Thank you guys very much. Uh, Joyce, thank you so much for joining. We now have two patrons in March and, and, knock on wood, nobody's left this month, which is wild, because it has been like a fire sale out there. <laughs> it's just People have just been leaving like crazy. But uh, it's a good month. So thank you both very, very much again for your support. If you'd like to support the podcast, you can do so at patreon.com forward slash pack underscore daddy. Uh, if you would like to donate and just don't feel like typing all that in, you're like, I don't know what to do, just reach out to me and I'll... I have no problem directing people to money. I don't. Also, if you'd like to follow in the st- footsteps of Jersey Mike, you're welcome to send food to my house. <laughs> I'm tempted to set up a P.O. box because I've had two people send me things and I just send it to my address. And I know they're cool guys, but at the same time, it's like, I think my wife would be pretty mad if I told her I was just handing out our address. If it becomes more of a regular thing, you know how cool it'd be to do like an unboxing and people just send you random stuff? But again, I'm not paying for a P.O. box so that, you know, nobody can send me stuff. I just always thought that was funny when people did that because I got sent the most random garbage. I just thought it was funny. And that's something I would like to do if I like was religiously listening to or watching a, a program or a show or a YouTube channel or whatever. And they were like, you can send stuff to the P.O. box. I'd be like, oh, I gotta, I gotta package something up. Grab some of the, like a, on my spice rack over here. Just be like, I don't really use these. I'll just throw these in a box and send it to them. Bunch of spices. Anyways, we'll take a break. We'll be right back. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We get all hyped up thinking we're going to get some high-value Jordan Love card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now, introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view on all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now when I buy Slab Packs on Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. And honestly, the best thing for me and my son is the fact that we're kind of novices into this. When I walk into a card shop with my son, and a card says it costs $40, kind of just taking his word for it that that's a good value. So I appreciate the transparency on grading, as well as just getting excited about seeing what you could potentially get. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash packdaddy. Wow, that's crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's 40 bucks right there. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash packdaddy for 10% off your first purchase. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing. But they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones 
by putting down our phones for five. That's right, a company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones. And to see what we find, learn more at uscellular.com forward slash built for us. Hey, what's going on, Ryan? Chris from Alabama. Hey, man. Uh, Can't hear you too good. Me, man. I had a day to kind of process. So I'm, I'm still having slight audio issues as far as things sounding quiet. It's it's working, but it's quiet. So if you guys could help me out a little bit, get off Bluetooth, grab your phone, put it right up to your mouth, and kind of just, you know, really really yell into that thing because it's compounding when you guys are, like, speaking through your car stereo and my audio sucks. Nobody can hear you. So just a request because otherwise i got to go back and edit every single call and amplify it and then it just sounds like garbage and it takes me 45 minutes to get all this stuff done just a request as a favor to me if you could do that that would be fantastic uh yep and one specific part kind of stuck out to me was when pat mcafee was trying to make the case and uh i actually just listened to your podcast he was just talking about this point Trying to make the case about, uh, you know, that the, the Packers don't have any leverage now. Right. And, 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 you know, the contract deal and everything. I think Green Bay has all the leverage in the world now because of the way, just like you had pointed out, the way the Jets handled this yeah. from the beginning. Yeah, and I, I think that's a big thing. The Jets are playing... <laughs> This is the funny thing about Pat McAfee. The Jets apparently are run by a bunch of geniuses and the Packers are a bunch of idiots. The Jets have been so unbelievable. They could not have done this any worse. They are the most incompetent people on planet Earth. And by the way, Brian Gutekunst is a freaking genius because he's been playing this. He's playing it like chess against checkers, dude. The, the Jets are just flying by the seat of their pants. They don't know what they're doing. They're just... Again, the second they came out and said, we're going to go get a superstar quarterback, we're going to go get a veteran, and then they start making you know comments like these little, you know, I can't talk about Rodgers, but we're looking for a, a superstar, and Rodgers is a superstar, and I'll let you put two and two together. <laughs> That's stupid. And then again, on top of that, Gutekunst essentially sets a trap, right? The Jets go fly out, and somehow that gets leaked. I wonder how. Maybe the Packers had something to do with that. We're tracking their plane. It's all over the place. The conversation's being had, all this stuff, and all of a sudden the price goes through the roof. The Jets have been so incompetent. They have not thought this through. They're not planning their steps. They're just walking, and Brian Gutekunst, again, he's playing chess. He's he's planning five steps ahead. And now, yeah, the and and it's not as though this was always going to be the case. The Jets could have much better leverage. If they were, you know, the, the Packers are... If you would have told me a while ago that the Jets were our only team and that was our only option, I'd be really nervous. That should be a source of leverage. But they've made it such a desperate thing for themselves. If they And it's tough that they lost Mike White. They don't really have any viable options. But if they had at least played it cool and just been kind of like, you know, we're not desperate. We're not really looking for this, that, or the other. You know, we, we know we've got a great team and we've got a lot of options. You know, we could do some things in the draft. We, we could look at Jimmy Garoppolo. We could do this, that, or the other, and I know everybody's pretty much gone at this point. At, at the very least, again, and this might get you in trouble, but lie about the Lamar thing, you know? Um, have some discussion. If I'm the Jets, honestly, I'm calling. Even if I'm not interested, I'm going to have some conversations, and guess what? That's going to get leaked. Do you know how much the leverage flips as soon as Ian Rappaport reports 
The Jets are now officially having conversations with Lamar Jackson. The Packers' leverage goes to zero. I mean, not really, but it's. But again, they're so stupid. And by the way, they have Rodgers on their team. They could use him for leverage. But instead, again, Rodgers, he's not thinking. He goes on Pat McAfee, just throws all the leverage at the Packers. Every single thing that's been done, and all Brian Gutekunst has had to do to gain all the leverage is keep his freaking mouth shut. That's it. He just keeps his mouth shut. And he lets them get all whipped up. And he lets the Jets, and he lets, he lets these bunch of idiots go and do all this stuff. And then when they come back to the table, they're like, oh, man, we just had the time of our lives with Rodgers. Oh, we were out and we were having steaks and the media was there. The fans were cheering. We had a parade. It was so much fun. Anyways, Goo, we're ready to close that deal, bud. You said, what, a third and then a conditional second next year, depending on We're ready to do it. And Goot just goes, oh, yeah, price went up. We want a first and some players. Like, what? Wait, what? Yeah, dude, this is actually how this works, you bunch of freaking morons. So now that you screwed yourself, I want all of the picks. To, to, to say that the Jets are master negotiators and the Packers run by Gutekunst, who's an idiot, which, of course, the whole thing Pat McAfee said is useless. He, he didn't base that on any information. He knows nothing about the Packers' history. He doesn't know anything about the Jets, obviously. He said they're great drafters. Um, the guy's just not super bright, but... We shouldn't take his words very seriously, but j- just the fact that that's even out there is such an absolute joke. The Jets are idiots. They handed the pack. They from and I, I'll be honest. I was shocked the moment that their head coach came out and said, "We're doing this. We're going to go out and find somebody else." Like, dang, dude! Like you're just gonna slap your quarterback like that, and then just be so obvious about the fact that you're doing this. It doesn't seem smart. And everybody along the way, like that was their whole thing. Like, yeah. Our quarterback sucks. We are desperate to go find some veteran. Like, okay, I guess that's one way to play it. They already put themselves out there saying they were going after a right? different quarterback. Then they had already came out and said that they were going to make a hard push for Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. And now the whole cat is out the bag. I guess you could say it's out the bag. It was kind of halfway out the bag. From the get go. But now it's all the way out the bag, and he said he plans on playing for the Jets. So, in order for you to play for the Jets, Mr. Rogers, Green Bay's going to have to work out a trade with the New York Jets. The yeah. Jets want you to flew all out to your house, the paparazzi done got them on camera, and, 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 and everything like that. Y'all done talked, y'all had, y'all had brunch or whatever the hell y'all did whenever they came out there. And now the cat is out the bag. You're going to play for him. Okay. So if I'm, if I'm Goody, I'm chilling. I'm, yeah. Hey, this is what I want. I want two right. first-round picks. <laughs> and I want either Corey Davis or Lavermore or, 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 or something or something else, a player. This is what I want. This is what I'm trying. This is what I'm trying to get. If you ain't trying to come out that then hey, hey. Then what it is? What are you gonna do? You gonna retire? Okay, you retire. We still, like you said, we still going planning on Jordan Love starting. Going to build around Jordan Love according. Mm-hmm. Going to go ahead and handle business like we need to handle business. So whenever y'all feel like giving them <laughs> two first round picks, yeah. you know, five receivers, hey, come on with it. Y'all got two men yep. enough. Y'all done signed Allen Lazard. They talking about signing Ram a car. They talking about signing Mercedes Lewis. Y'all gonna have to let somebody go. Y'all might well go ahead and trade, trade one or more, one or two or more of us with a couple of picks. That's what y'all got y'all self into. 
I think Green Bay has all the leverage in the world, and I think Pat McAfee was basically trying to butter up Aaron Rodgers like he always did. But yeah, Green Bay got all the leverage. Yeah, Chris Chris calls back, but it's funny because it, it really like Goot's entire thing is he's just he's. He doesn't flinch. I said that before, and it's funny because I want to talk about this tomorrow a little bit, but um, I was looking at, uh, I forget their name, Green and Gold Report, I think it's called. I'll have to get that right for tomorrow, but um, they they posted something in, in the comments that I was I went on Twitter or whatever, but they, they'd written up this thing about Gutekunst and his ability to negotiate, and they gave some context on the Devontae Adams things, and it's hilarious because it exactly mimics this situation, and it exactly mimics what I said about Rodgers. He just doesn't flinch. Rodgers, oh, I'm, I'm leaving. He's like, no, no, you're not. I want you to trade me, or I'm, I'm going to retire, and you go, blah, blah, blah. and I was freaking out. Like, if I'm the GM, I'd be like, dude, screw it. Trade him. Get him out of here. Like, I'm, I'm so worried we're going to lose our quarterback and get nothing for him. Get those three first-round picks and get him out of here, and we would just, that would be the end of it. He's just like, nah, you're not going anywhere. And he just didn't flinch. And Rodgers, he's flailing around. He's swinging his fist. He's going on TV. Gutekunst keeps his mouth shut. Right? Doesn't answer. You know, if, if Rodgers dared to call him, which he wouldn't, but, like, I want to be, you know, I want out of, no. No, we're not doing it. Not doing it. And what happened? Rodgers just came back. The Devontae thing is funny, though, because according to what they wrote, um, essentially the, the, what was it? The, uh, Dang it. I gotta I gotta find it. I don't want to get it wrong. All right, let me just read this real quick. It's Green and Gold Draft. Uh, you can find them on Twitter uh, at uh, G and G Draft. And they wrote, Is Goody a tough negotiator? After after Pat McAfee slandered Packers GM Brian Gutekunst, galvanizing fans on Twitter, we took a look at Goody's last major trade for insight. Our Sunday quick hitter will make you smarter. And here's what it says. Is Brian Gutekunst a really tough negotiator? Written by Ron Jost, March 19, blah, blah. NFL-related, so uh, let's skip ahead to the important parts here. According to Peter King, after agreeing to target Adams, Raiders GM Dave Ziegler and Goody talked six or seven times. After a three-day span, King explained in his Football Morning in America column on March 21, 2022, late in the process, it became clear it would take a first-round pick and a second-rounder to pry Adams away. While Ziegler was willing to give Vegas his first uh, in 2022 and second in 2023, he didn't want to denude his draft this year by giving both picks in 2022. So this is where we're at. Goot says, I want a first and a second. And the Raiders are like, look, I'll give you a first, but can we do next year's second? Like, I don't want to do two picks in this draft. That's a little crazy. He goes on to say, it became clear by Wednesday afternoon that Gutekunst was firm. The deal was Adams wasn't getting, uh, the deal for Adams was not getting done unless the Raiders traded both the first and second rounder in this year's draft. And, and that's such a, it's such, it really is kind of a minute thing. He goes on to explain why, but it's not that big of a difference. You know, that's one of those things where you listen to, it was Amy Trask yesterday, where it's like, come on, first this year, second next year compared to, like, let's just get the deal done. You don't want to be in this tough situation with Devontae, you know, I mean, he wants to go, he's not going to play for you. The Raiders want to give you some great compensation, that's a great deal, first this year, second next year, like, that's not a bad deal at all. You should just do it, and Gutekunst said, no. I said, first this year, second this year, that's the price, that's what you're going to pay. Um, he goes on to say, that would give the Packers enough ammo to replenish the receiver group minus Adams in this year's draft. By the way, that's the reason we got Christian Watson. 
four picks in the top 60 of a draft chalk full of wideouts, but it would rob the Raiders of any picks in 2022 until pick 86 overall. Ziegler did not want to be shut out of his first draft as GM through 85 picks. Dude, this is my first draft. I can't wait until pick 86. That's, I can't do that. I, I just can't. Ziegler and head coach Josh McDaniels agreed Adams was worth the one and two this year. That's how much they wanted Adams to be reunited with his friend and former Fresno State quarterback Derek Carr. It gives Adam the happiness he wants. Uh, he wanted to play in the West, and his first choice was to be able to play with his college quarterback from Fresno State, Derek Carr. Adams gets the money and gets the happiness. The Packers got ammo to replace the veteran in trade of a couple draft picks from a loaded wideout pool. So the, the, the summary of this story is that Gutekunst did what he always does. He sets the price, and then he says, call me when you're ready. And they say, how about a first this year and a second next year? And he hangs up the phone. And they say, listen, man, I, I just, I can't, you, do you understand how much of a predicament this puts me in? Let's work something else out. And he says, no. What if we do a first and like a play? No. What if like we didn't? No. I said, and I will say again, I want a first this year, your first, and I want your second. And I don't want you to call this number again. In the words of Aaron Rodgers, lose my number. Do not call me again unless you are ready to pay up. They said they met six or seven times. You know what those six or seven meetings were? Here's what I want. Well, what about that? No. Here's what I want. Well, I, I, I can't. How about that? No. And by the seventh meeting, all right, yeah, that sounds like a good deal. Okay, then you, can have, then you can have them. The guy doesn't freaking flinch. Now, that may come back to bite him one of these times if the Jets don't do it, but... Come on, I mean, I, I think we have significantly more leverage over the Jets than we have with Devontae, especially considering how tough of a spot they were in. The freaking Jets could afford to lose pick 13. 13 in a second next year? You'll survive. Especially since you got Pat McAfee going around calling you a genius. I'm sure that bought you at least another year before you get fired. But I just laughed when I read that because I was like, that just sounds exactly like Gutekunst. He doesn't freaking flinch. And it's, it's part of the problem with probably him and Aaron Rodgers, because Aaron Rodgers wants to have like this personal relationship where he's nice and all that, and Gutekunst is just a freaking serial killer. He's just this emotionless robot, and I freaking love that. And I'm sorry, you know, I, people get mad, like, oh, you just always defend him. Like, listen, I'm not going to defend him if I don't agree with him. That's the whole point. Like, it's same with people that always defend Rodgers. Well, you're doing it because I'm assuming it's because you think that he's... Similar to the reason I defend Goot, you think Rodgers is the reason why we are where we are, and if we lose, da, 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 da. I disagree. I love what he's... I, I acknowledge there's, there's been some problems. Again, I'm, I really have to question this contract that was given to Rodgers. You know, his whole thing is, is you know, we, we've got an MVP quarterback. I, I can't let him walk out the door. And again, that doesn't seem to align with Gutekunst with this whole, like, freaking robot. This is what it is, and, you know, I'm not giving you that contract. That's ridiculous. And if you don't like it, you can freaking walk. And of course, there's been some draft picks that are questionable, just like there's free agents that are questionable. But I, the full body of work, the bottom line is, I like our roster. You know, that, that's the problem. When you, when you look at the team, what is the problem with it? In my opinion, it's not a lack of talent. Aaron Rodgers has been devoid of, of freaking talent. Are you kidding me? Guys had elite running backs. He's had elite wide receivers. He's had elite offensive linemen. Like, what, what do you want, dude? hate to keep saying the same thing over and over again, but it's like, you know, I mean, look, back at the end of Ted's tenure, I was not defending Ted because things were not going well. I loved Ted when he was doing great, and then when he wasn't, you know, no disrespect, but it's like, I think it's time to move on. Same with Mike McCarthy. Love Mike McCarthy. Toward the end of his tenure, he's got to go. 
it's not about always just worshiping somebody. Oh, you always defend the front office. No, I defend the front office when they're doing a good job like Gutekunst is right now. And there will probably come a time when the team starts to slip. And at that point, and it, look, look, at, look at Matt LaFleur for an example. I spent how long screaming, probably literally into this very microphone, about how disgusting it is that he gets no respect. And by the end of last year, I'm saying, I'm, I'm contemplating, maybe he's the problem and he needs to go. Listen, I'm just trying to give an honest take of where I'm at right now. I don't worship anybody. It's, it's, it's stupid. I might be wrong. But unlike Pat McAfee, I'm not going to stand here and just choose a side because that's my side. I'm not just going to pick a team and say, this is my team. That's what Pat McAfee does. That's what I think a lot of people on Twitter do, which I think is stupid and pathetic. I don't know that you're doing that, but based on some of the argumentation, it sure sounds like it. Anyways, we should probably get to the second part of that call. Alright, Chris from Alabama again. What's up? I'm not going to get it all in on one phone call. I'm basically done, but basically, yeah. I believe Green Bay has all the service in the world because now, just like you said, you know, there's nobody else out there for the Jets to get unless they want to take a swing on Lamar. And right. I don't even think they were looking to do that. That's, that's a crazy situation in itself. So. You know, they basically back themselves in the corner. So I would just sit back, relax, tell them this is what I want. I want my two first-round picks and some players or a player, a, a, a solid player, a starting caliber player, and that's what I want. And I wouldn't budge. I mean, worst-case scenario, he retires, and, you know, <laughs> we still doing what we done. Yeah. Yeah, I appreciate the call, man, as always. Um, I, yeah, I'm with you. And, and again, the, the, the leverage can change. I was just looking it up here. Um, I did find two articles from back in January that were apparently the Jets had ties to quarterbacks. And those quarterbacks were Jimmy Garoppolo, Derek Carr, and Lamar Jackson. So I don't know if, if the reports are true. Obviously, we've heard a lot of reports recently, more untrue than true. But use this. Right, Carr's gone. Jimmy Garoppolo's gone. Lamar Jackson was on this list. I mean, I, I'm just, I'm, I'm not going to read the article, but I'm just going through it, and it, it sounds like you know they're, they're pretty much all in on Garoppolo and Carr, who are gone. But then the wild card is essentially if uh, Lamar becomes available, based on kind of where his situation is, the Jets would be willing to make a compelling offer to him. That's again, according to this, they're willing to do that. Go in on Lamar. That's your leverage, dude. But I just, I, I feel like at this point they can't do it. Can you imagine? Because that's, that's the other thing. You think about the leverage aspect. The leverage goes in their favor. What happens, though, to your deal with Aaron Rodgers? Aaron Rodgers is pissed because he feels like the Packers went behind their back. If that story gets out, see, again, they screw themselves. They can't do that. You can't pursue Lamar. The only way you can do it is to do it and do it as quietly as you can and then just complete the deal. You can't even, I mean, that's the thing. You can't even use it as leverage because if you tell the Packers, the Packers can leak it to, to Aaron or at least threaten to. Like, well, okay, thank you for that information. How about this? You either complete the deal with me today 
or we leak the information and tell Rodgers and he's just going to say, screw both of you and retire. And then you're then you are completely up a creek without a paddle and have nothing left but to negotiate with Lamar. And guess what? You think there's any flexibility with him now, now that he has all the leverage? So yeah, now that I think about it, they couldn't possibly even use the Jets as leverage because they would lose Aaron Rodgers. They, they, have, they have just put themselves in a position where there's nothing they can do. They cannot do anything. And how would you even use Rodgers as leverage? That's the other thing. I, I saw JJ brought up that point. I think he was uh, sharing somebody else's opinion, but how do you even try to negotiate the price down and then look at Aaron Rodgers, right? Like Rodgers is mad at the Packers because they're the ones holding this up, right? Because they jacked the price. But at the same time, you got the Jets who are saying, no, he's not worth that. He's not worth that. He's not worth that. In a weird way, it's the Packers that are respecting Rodgers, not the Jets. The Packers are saying, oh, excuse me, this is a Hall of Fame quarterback. This is a multiple-time MVP. This is a Super Bowl champion. He's worth a first-round pick. And the Jets are saying, no, he's not. Now, I know the contract is a big part of that, but you also have to understand Aaron Rodgers tends to act on emotion a little bit, right? He heard the Packers are just having conversations, which has nothing to do with Rodgers negatively whatsoever, and he got pissed. You think he likes this situation with the Jets going, dude, I'm not giving you a one for that guy. I don't care what the contract is, dude. That's got to sting, <laughs> right? Hello, Ryan. This is Nico. Hello, Nico. I'm calling to give my two cents. Like, I'm sure a few other people will, and I can't wait to hear it all. Um, so, uh, yeah, you know, it's, I know it's not technically over yet unless something's changed by the time they make this phone call, but it's like a massive burden has been lifted off the ball, right? Uh, and, you know, I'm sure the anti-Packer people would say they treated Rogers bad, and the pro-Rogers people would say, I'm sorry, the anti-Rogers people would say he's a whiny little bee. Um, I think they're both right, you know. I don't, you know. Uh, I, I, it's funny, I, I like to listen to other ex-NFL people take on stuff like this. I tuned into John Trum's podcast and, he kind of said it perfect. He said, you know, some of the things Aaron said were true, and some of them make it sound kind of, kind of like he's whining. But uh, it is what it is. The dude was, you know, so uh, uh, I also, it's hard to have, I think, an amicable, nice, clean break. A lot of greats have gone somewhat like this. But, um, you know, at least the Packers were able to kind of poke the bear uh, as far as them maybe not treating him with the utmost respect, mm-hmm. I'm kind of glad they didn't, because yeah. it's like they kicked him off a little so where he wants to keep playing, <laughs> so we could get some picks for him, right? I, I kind of made that point where it's like, you know, Rodgers is acting like this is intentional and malicious, and I don't think it is, but at the same time, I kind of hope it is. I hope that, G, that our GM is that much of a freaking genius. Like, everybody was saying that, you know, they drafted uh, Jordan Love just so that it would upset Rodgers, just so that he'd... And I'm like, come on, that's ridiculous. But at the same time, if you want to attribute that much genius to our GM, I'll take it. I don't think he's that brilliant. I think he's a smart guy. I think he's doing a great job with this negotiation because he understands basic leverage and apparently some negotiation tactics. He's, he's As far as I'm concerned, it's a freaking master class, but at the same time, it's basically just stare at a guy and don't blink, um, which which apparently is is a masterful way to negotiate. Isn't there a... I'm trying to, I've been trying to think about that. I thought that there was a show like that. Maybe I'm just thinking of The Office. But there's something like that where it's like the guy just stares at him and then he keeps agreeing to more and more and more. I don't remember what that was. It has to be from The Office. It just feels like it's one of those things. I know there's the thing where Dwight is like, do it, do it, do it, and then they end up doing it. But 
I don't think that's it. And it could be Robert California, because I know he just does that death stare and people freak out, but I don't think that's it either. But again, I, I don't think that's the case, but man, if that was, because there was just a barrage of leaks that came out. And I, and I did talk about that. Like, he goes into his darkness retreat, and all of a sudden, people in the media, in Packers media, especially like the old heads, you know what I mean? Like the guys that have been around, Silverstein and McGinn. These guys that are super plugged in. If you're going to leak something, where's it going to go? So all of a sudden, McGinn gets this intel, and Silverstein, the exact same, like within 24 hours, also has intel about things that the Packers have done and said. Then Rodgers is getting word, and it's probably from other people, but where are they getting? You know what I mean? Like all of a sudden, people are hearing things. It's not that unrealistic, to be completely honest with you. Like the Jordan Love thing, that's, I think they drafted Jordan Love because they wanted Jordan Love. But did they leak information about how much they really despise him and want him gone so that when he comes out, he gets hit by a barrage of not just articles that have come out and people barraging him about, hey, guess what I read McGinn wrote, but also other people that he said he trusts who are hearing things. So it's, it's getting leaked not just to those two guys, but to other people that the Packers have been saying things and talking behind his back and, you know, Matt LaFleur apparently wanted to move on and, you know, some other things that maybe are getting around that are going to hurt his feelings. You know, you just get absolutely sledgehammered to the face. And again, nothing technically changed, but it's created an environment where Rodgers would never even consider coming back if he had considered it in the past, which, I again, I don't think he had. But, um, yeah, that's, again, you want to talk about our GM being an idiot? If he did that, that's freaking genius. Uh, so good for them. Good. Again, the Packers have no leverage with this contract. Aaron Rodgers has all the control. And the contract makes it so that there's really no value in Aaron Rodgers. And Aaron Rodgers played terribly last year. And somehow we're in a situation where Aaron Rodgers is asking to be traded to one of the most garbage franchises in the entire NFL and is demanding way too much compensation and the Jets are probably going to say okay. That's unbelievable. That's, that's freaking crazy that you are that good at your job that you can create that situation. That's freaking crazy. Goody's thinking of a team. I'll take Garrett Wilson and a first rounder. <laughs> but uh, obviously, I would take a half a bag of Cheetos and some cap relief. You know the other funny thing, too? It doesn't even sound like Gutekunst comes in high. You know what I mean? Like, he doesn't, he doesn't say, I want Garrett Wilson in four firsts. And then, you know, it's like one of those things, if you want 10 bucks from your parents, you ask for 20, and they're like, no, I'll give you 10. And they're like, oh, okay, and then you get what you want. I don't, it's, it sounds like he doesn't even do that. He's like, here's the price. I'm like, come on, there's got to be, nope, that's the price. I don't mess around. I, I don't play games. I'm not going to, I'm not, I'm not going to, uh, you know, come up, come up with a high price and try to get you to whittle me down. I'm just going to tell you what the price is. I'm going to be straightforward with you. Which, again, going back to the Amy Trask thing, kind of sounds like that's what he's doing. Here's my price. Oh, okay. So is that a goat? No, it's not. This is what I want. This is what I'm going to get. Even just him being gone will be good because if we got to swallow some dead cap, uh, next year's the year to do it. You know, no one expects anything first year of JL. But uh, I will say this, too, um, you know, a lot of anti-Packer, you know, people that are just salivating at this drama that's going on, they're like, oh, you guys suck, look at all your quarterback drama. Let me just say this. There are many teams that would give their left arm to have this much quarterback drama because, oh, yeah. frankly, a lot of teams don't get quarterbacks that are this good for this long. Yeah, no, nobody cares about your quarterback enough to even talk about him. It doesn't matter what he's doing. <laughs> that and again, I'm gonna. I'm honestly gonna miss that. I mean, aside from 
the great play we've had from Aaron Rodgers over the years and the, the great play from all the players that we've had over the years, um, you know, it, 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 even aside from that, it's the fact that we're relevant. And, it's, and i, and I got to be honest, from a selfish standpoint as a podcast host, I mean, look, our numbers are, are up right now for obvious reasons because Packer fans are more interested, right? They want to, whenever there's a big thing, that's when people are like, dude, I got to start doing the podcast. Like they shift from like the political podcast or the funny podcast or the serial killer podcast or whatever you people listen to. They want to come over to us and come hang out and find out what we're talking about. And, and, you know, because you just want to engage with the topic more. Plus you get, you know, Jets people that want to listen and Bears people that want Packers perspectives and everything else. Just like I'm sure Jets podcasts are going through the roof because there's Packer guys that want to go over there and, and Packer ladies or whatever, uh, whatever you people are <laughs> that go listen to Jets stuff. Sorry, after after Joyce just gave money to my Patreon, I'm being disrespectful and I apologize. But again, just like, I love this. I love having something, and I just, I love that I'm passionate about it. Even though sometimes I get angry about it, it feels good. It doesn't feel good to come down here and be like, okay, let's, uh, let's build a show out of nothing. So let's start with the NFL. Looks like the Texans gave Laramie Tunsil a contract. Okay, put that in my notes. Pretty crazy. See, the Raiders signed a tight end. Okay, cool, I guess, because we don't have anything to talk about. I'll mention that. Okay, what are the Bears doing? Oh, yeah, they're freaking idiots. We'll talk about that. That'll take like 20 minutes for sure because I can't shut up about how much I hate them. And the Vikings and Lions will talk about it, And then there's like four things that happen. Okay, I'm talking about... Like, I don't want that to be my life. I love this. Even when I hate it, I love it. It feels good to listen to people that just get me pissed. And I listen, again, I know this is a clown show. And you're here for the clown. I get it. Angry man screaming into a microphone. Like, it's just comic relief kind of thing. That's, that's fine. That's what I do. But I love it. I really do. So, I, yeah, I'm, I, I like that there's drama. And, and, and again, anybody that, and I know a lot of Packer fans say they don't. I, all right, well, you're going to get your wish probably pretty soon. Because, you know, if the Packers aren't great and uh, Jordan Love is mediocre or whatever, then we're just going to kind of be one of those teams that, Kind of gets talked about once in a while, but it's never really an interesting topic. People just do it because they're required to talk about other teams and interesting things that are happening. And, oh, the Packers got a Sunday night game, so we'll uh, talk about that real quick. And da, da, da. I mean, yeah, you'll get your wish, but not really my wish. I enjoy it. I like it. I need it. I thrive on it. So uh, all I can say is I hope in about 15, 20 years, maybe not 20, but we have uh, the same drama going on with Jordan Love because he was just that good for that long. And uh, I'm okay with that, right? So uh, peace out. Here's to rebuilding and regrowing, and I cannot wait for next year. Go, Pat, go. <laughs> so now you're making the boop sounds with your mouth? That's cool. But yeah, man, I'm, I'm jacked up, man. I'm, I'm having fun. And I... I I kind of liked that it felt like Packer fans were galvanizing a little bit, but now apparently there's a, a large contingent of Packer fans that I guess are giant Pat McAfee fans, and um, McAfee just made a complete jerk of himself, and I commented on it, and man, there is a massive barrage of Packer, and it's all the anti-Goot people. They 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 love that Pat McAfee called Gutekunst an idiot, even though he sounded like an idiot when he said it, because he doesn't know what he's talking about. 
and they're furious that Packer fans are just attacking this guy left and right. He is just getting eviscerated on Twitter. And the Pat McAfee fans, who really are just pro-Rogers, anti-Gutekunst fans, if we're just being completely honest about it, that's obviously what it is. They couldn't give a crap about Pat McAfee. They just like that this guy's their cheerleader, and he screams what they want people to scream, even though you guys need to find a better representative because the guy's a moron. Yeah, I said it. I know. He said it about Guten. I didn't like it, but at least I can back it up. You know how? He said the Jets are good drafters. <laughs> Again, there's a lot of Packers podcasts out there. You go to some because they're funny. You go to some because they're extremely insightful and intelligent. You listen to, like, we, we've got different shows here. We've got draft content. We've got, you know, the, the pro Rogers view, the more pro Gutekunst view. we got all different kinds of stuff, every flavor you could want. And then you go out there and you got more like friends hanging out type podcast, which seems to be the more popular way to do things among the Packers podcast sphere. There's every little flavor you could ask for. There's all kinds of flavors out there for you. If you want to listen to somebody kick and scream and rant and rave that Aaron Rodgers is the greatest, the Jets are going to win the Super Bowl, and Brian Gutekunst is, is a piece of garbage, and the Packers are trash, and Jordan Love is a piece of garbage, if that's, as a Packer fan, how you want to be a fan, you want to attach yourself to a guy that is going to um, tell you that your team sucks, your GM sucks, your coach sucks. Because remember, nobody likes that guy either. And believe it or not, there are a lot of... If that's what you want, that's your guy. But I'm dead serious. If you want to hold that opinion in a more intellectual manner, do not attach yourself to Pat McAfee because you're going to make yourself look like an idiot. Because right out of the gate... His first attempt at slamming Brian Gutekunst is comparing him to the Jets and saying, that guy over there is a freaking genius. But the other guy, I don't know. <laughs> okay. We'll see. We'll see who wins this whole negotiation here. Maybe Gutekunst will back down, but I doubt it. The only reason we don't have a deal right now is because the Packers dug their heels in. No, it's because the Jets are freaking stupid. The Jets are so stupid it cost them picks because their genius GM is such a freaking idiot. He actually cost them value by being so stupid about every single step in this process. A lot of smart people and pretty much any position out there, even the dumbest positions, you're going to find people that are smarter than you that are smarter than me. It's one of the crazy things about everything. No matter what position is out there, there's somebody that's smarter than you that can run circles around you intellectually. It's crazy, isn't it? It doesn't matter what the position is. I mean, unless you're like the, the foremost expert. I mean, there, there are people at the top of the top that can hold their own. But even that, I, I spent a lot of time watching different kinds of debates, and a lot of times it ends up being kind of a stalemate. And the funny thing is we watch these debates a lot of times, and we want our side to win. But whether they win or not, it doesn't really solve anything. It just means the other person had more information and was a better debater. I've seen many people on my side of any position in my opinion, lose the battle. And you, you start to feel it because, and I think this is what happens with Pat McAfee too, you sort of attach yourself and, and your beliefs and everything else to that person. And if they lose, then my whole worldview collapses. I think that's why people are so vehement to defend Pat McAfee as he actually did something wrong. <laughs> but we got to defend him because my entire identity as a human being is tied into Pat McAfee. And that's such a stupid way to think. And again, that's why whenever I watch the debates, it Kind of gets to the point where it's like, listen, if, if the guy that I believe in loses, he lost. Big deal. That's why every time there's like a political debate, it doesn't matter. One of those people is usually the biggest bumbling moron and clearly lost the debate. Most of the time, somebody clearly won and somebody clearly lost. But if you ask people on the right who won, 95% will say it's the guy on the right. You ask the person on the left, it's the person on the left. Why? Because it has to be. 
because I'm right. And if we share the same values and, and ideas and they lost, that means my values lost, which means my values are invalid, and that can't be the reality. We're so stupid as human beings, aren't we? Again, I do the same thing. We do, why do we? That doesn't mean anything. It doesn't do anything. But anyways, the point is, somebody out there is a freaking genius that believes that Brian Gutekunst is an idiot and Aaron Rodgers should stay and all that stuff. Go find that person, listen to that person, and let them be your guiding light. Or just formulate your own opinions. I'm, I'm just pleading with you to not hitch your wagon to Pat McAfee. Because that ship is already at the bottom of the ocean. Alright? Swim up to the top for air while there's time. And go find somebody else. There's plenty of ships in the sea that are still floating. <laughs> Anyways, I gotta get out of here. You folks have yourselves a fantastic day. I'll talk to you tomorrow. Have a good one. Bye-bye.